0: Welcome to Talking, i uh, Jimmy Stewart. I'm Tim Vanderberg, and we're going to get right into it today because I have a very special guest, Carson Green, Jr., a founding board member of the Jimmy Stewart Museum, whose selfless dedication for over two decades has helped the museum get to where it is today. Mr. Green's efforts have even been recognized with the George Bailey Award, given to everyday individuals who have made significant contributions to the Jimmy Stewart Museum over the years, Mr. Green called me from the museum and we discussed his personal encounters with Jimmy Stewart, the various celebrities who have accepted the museum's Harvey Award, meeting presidents Kennedy, Bush, Sr. and Jr., and many more. You're about to get an enlightening history of the Jimmy Stewart Museum and a deeper understanding of Mr. Stewart's character. I hope you'll enjoy it. I have to admit, when I visited Indiana, Pennsylvania for the first time, I was a little disappointed that everybody didn't talk like Jimmy.
1: I I did my Jimmy Storp impersonation one time in front of Rich Little. I won't tell you his comments.
0: <laughs> Sometime we're going to get Rich Little in front of an audience in Indiana and have him coach everybody on how to give the proper impersonation.
1: Oh, that'd be great. And that, that was on the uh, uh, the roast one time. Remember, did you see that roast yes. for Jimmy? Yes. He's trying to teach people how to do, or not Jimmy, Rich was trying to teach people how to do Jim. That, that
0: was a lot that was hilarious. That was great. <clears throat> oh, well. All right. Well, I will have properly introduced you in the introduction. First, Mr. Green, tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, and uh, just what you would want people to know about you.
1: Well, uh, thank you, Tim. Uh, of course, uh, my name is Carson Green, and I originally uh, hail from West Virginia. I grew up in the coal fields of southern West Virginia, and in uh, 1973, I happened to be transferred with my company I was working for to Pennsylvania, to a place called Catanning, Pennsylvania, which is on the Allegheny River. And after about three years there, I uh, was transferred to a little town called Indiana, Pennsylvania. I'd never really heard of this place, but... Uh, Thank goodness I was transferred here because I was able to become involved in uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart's hometown. I have a wife of 51 years, and I had two daughters and four grandchildren. I am retired now, but I spent 33 years with American Waterworks, and I spent 12 years with uh, First Commonwealth Bank here in Indiana, Pennsylvania.
0: When was the first time that you heard about the idea to establish a museum?
1: Well, that's a that's a great question. Actually, uh, we started looking at the possibility of a museum in about 1992, and uh, it took us three years uh, to get things uh, together to form this museum or create this museum. And part of that time, uh, uh, we were we had not convinced uh, Mr. Stewart that this was something that uh, we wanted uh, him to have honoring him. And I say that in in a way that uh, uh, Mr. Stewart was a very humble person. And when we first uh, approached Jimmy about the museum, he uh, said, no, 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 I I don't want a museum. I don't deserve a museum. And uh, I don't want to really have anything to do with that. Uh, He was very, very modest, very kind, and and just did not want uh, this... uh, museum or, or limelight uh, shown on him. But uh, after uh, after we regrouped and talked about this, we realized that Indiana County had a, a very, very strong coal mining industry at that time. And the coal mine industry actually started uh, failing in 1992 and miners were losing their jobs and the economy was sort of struck by a a, a tough time as far as the coal mining business was concerned. So we actually looked looked at this problem and we again uh, approached Jimmy and said, Jimmy, we want to respectfully ask your permission to form this museum because uh, we think that it would really help the local economy. At that time, I was the Chamber of Commerce president uh, here in Indiana. And we, we wanted to convince him that a museum would bring tourism into Indiana County. Of course, all the ancillary services would be provided, such as uh, selling food and, 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 and all different types of things that happened with the museum by bringing people into the area from outside the area and making the museum a destination. So uh, when that was proposed to, to Jimmy, he he became very interested. He. He said, well, as long as it helps Indiana, I'm willing to do that. However, uh, I don't want to be kind of a Taj Mahal, and I'm paraphrasing this, of course, Taj Mahal uh, built in my honor or whatever. So we found a, a building here. It's the uh, it's owned by the Indiana, Indiana Borough. And uh, we also have the Indiana County Library in this building. But we found this building, and uh, there were rooms vacant in, in the building. So we decided to uh, go to the, uh, the borough of Indiana and ask permission to to uh, renovate this into a uh, museum. So we, we did that, and they gave us permission, and we went to two local banks and received a line of credit, and we used the local uh, vocational school to... Uh, do their volunteer work, to do renovations on the inside, and that's, that's how they got started. And another uh, stipulation that Jimmy Stewart had as far as the museum was that we could not contact any of his friends. He did not want us to contact the Johnny Carsons or people like that. And, you know, ask for money, he wanted us to do the fundraising without, without uh, that, uh, that, that type of uh, presentation to his friends. So we respected that, and, and we did that. So over the years we've been able to uh, to move the museum along and this happens to be my 21st year uh, and I'm certainly uh, proud I, I think I did some calcul- some quick calculation and that's about a quarter a little over a quarter of my life I've been involved with this museum
0: that's amazing and, uh,
1: so that's that's more or less how we got started uh, it was a, a you know work of faith
0: and, uh, and God provided all, all we needed to get started and here we are today. That's uh, fantastic. Now, a lot of people may not know that Mr. Stewart had given to the community sort of in a quiet manner over the years. I know he hadn't lived there since he went to school.
1: Yes. Yes, I uh, I used to serve on the foundation, which is still in existence, uh, the uh, Indiana County uh, Foundation. Uh, this was before the museum was was actually started. Mr. Stewart donated $500,000 to uh, this uh, foundation, and his wish was that this would be kept confidential until after his death. So many people did not have an, any idea that he had donated this $500,000 to the community, and he, he did not want you know a lot of fanfare over, so after his death, we did announce that we had the foundation, and, and many, many outstanding projects over the years have, have benefited from this donation and they're still benefiting from this donation so yes Jimmy Jenny was a very kind non, non-assuming person uh, I, I just I had the honor to meet him back in 1983 when he came here for his his birthday celebration 75 years it's interesting how that came about uh, plans were being made by a committee to bring him here for his birthday and and uh, he was very much uh, interested in coming. And uh, the committee got together, and they tried to line up different places for him to visit while he was here. At that time, I was a manager of the water company here in Indiana, and we were going through a major construction project to increase the capacity of water to the community, which would hopefully make it grow. So anyway, I wrote a letter to uh, Linda Moore Bike at that time, who was chairing this committee, and I asked her if she would ask Mr. Stewart if he would like to visit the water plant of all places, water plant. And I, I thought my chances probably nil, but I wrote the letter, and uh, Linda and the others went out to visit Mr. Stewart to go over the itinerary, and I guess there were 35 or 40 different requests of places to go visit. And Mr. Stewart was going to pick out the places he wanted to visit, of course. So she, Linda Moore Mike came back and, and she saw me one day, and she said, oh, by the way, Mr. Stewart wants to visit your water plant. And I I was shocked. I said, a water plant? He really does? And she said, yes. She said, he went down the list and he saw the request from the water company. And he said, what is this all about? And Linda mentioned to him that, well, we were going through some renovations to increase the capacity of the water system to help the growth in, in Indiana and that sort of thing. And he says, I want to do that. So he was thinking about, you know, other people. So he came to the water plant, and we had a ribbon-cutting ceremony and all, all that, and we we took a few moments to go up into one of our buildings, and we were talking about water, and he was very, very, uh, very intelligent. He was talking about the water situation in California, how water is so important to, to the people in California because of the lack of water. So he said... To me, he says, you know, I asked him, I said, Mr. Stewart, I just wonder, why would you want to come to our water plant? I'm just curious. We're glad you're here. We love it. And he looked at me and he said, "Uh, Carson, he says, you know, water touches everyone. And then I realized, that's Jimmy Stewart. He wants to help everyone. And that's why he did this, because he felt that this was a project that would help everyone in Indiana County, and he wanted to be part of that. So that, that's just the way that, that he seemed to to view
0: things. Now you had arranged a, an interview by phone with Mr. Stewart at one point.
1: Yes, he was, uh, I got to meet him and, and as chamber president and in the, a the birthday celebration. So one day in 1988 uh, a young lady she was a TV reporter and unfortunately had passed since, since then. Uh, Yvonne Zainos she was an interviewer. She was up here in Indiana doing a Our Town episode for a WTAE Channel 4 ABC affiliate in Pittsburgh. So I was showing her around the community and showing her the Christmas trees and, and the area. And uh, I said, you know, this is Jimmy Stewart's hometown. Oh, yes. Yeah, she said, I know that. She said, you know, she said, I, I just I just love that man. And she said, I, I, just, I wish I could interview him sometime. And, and why I did this, I have no idea. I probably shouldn't have, but I did it. Uh, I said, well, would you like to talk to Mr. Stewart if I can get him? And she looked at me, this professional interviewer. Oh, my goodness, yes. I said, well, let's go back to my office and let's see what we can do. So I went back to my office, and we had uh, a, a speakerphone like we're on right now. And I dialed Jimmy's home. And Gloria, his lovely wife, answered. And I said, Gloria, this is Carson Green. I'm president of the Chamber of Commerce. Indiana and she's oh yes Carson she was very nice uh how are you and oh she was so nice I said I'm fine about this. do you think it'd be possible for Mr. Stewart to uh, talk with a TV reporter who happens to be here in my office doing a special on Indiana me in his hometown oh I'm sure he would he she said give me a few minutes and I'll call the office and then you call and tell me who you are and you'll get through to it so I'll wait I don't know five minutes I call the office. The uh, secretary answers. I tell her where I answer just a minute, sir. So the next thing I know, I hear hello, hello, and, and I, Mr. Stewart, this is Carson Green with the Chamber of Commerce. I met you at your birthday celebration. Oh yeah, you know, and I have all this on recording. This conversation that, uh, but but she talked to Jimmy for I don't know five minutes, and then. Uh, the things he said about Indiana, he asked him, you know, the values that he always lived by. Where did you get those? Did Indiana help formulate those values? And he starts talking about the values that he learned from a small town Indiana, Pennsylvania. And uh, anyway, he even said, it's, it's a wonderful life in Indiana. And, and the chills still go up my spine when mm-hmm. I can tell the story, because that was Jimmy Stewart. You could talk to him. You, you could, He was just a, a kind, gentle person, uh, and, and it was just an honor to be involved uh, with him and his family.
0: So I've had the privilege of meeting two family members, uh, Judy and Kelly. What are your impressions of them, and, and tell me a little bit about your encounters with them over the years.
1: Well, as my matter of fact, I just uh, was on an uh, email with Judy yesterday. Uh, Judy, Kelly, and Michael Uh, They're just uh, wonderful people. I mean, um, they're non-assuming, just like their dad. If you met them walking down the street, they would talk to you or or ask you how you're doing. Uh, Not a bit snobbish or or anything of that nature. And uh, Gloria, getting back to Gloria. Uh, I was invited to a uh, Pennsylvania broadcaster's event uh, back in 1992, I think it was. Uh, no, no, anyway, in Pittsburgh, and uh, uh, those of us from Indiana County were invited up to Jimmy's suite because he was receiving an award from the Pennsylvania Broadcasters, he knew we were coming, so we went to his suite, and we got to meet with him before the award presentation. It must have been 20, 25 of Indiana and there's Gloria coming to the door, come on in, and, you know, she, she was, she was flamboyant and, and just always laughing. And there's Jimmy standing in the corner, and, you know, not in the corner, but just talking to people just calm as he could be. But he invited us up and we got a chance to be with him before the award presentation. And then we went down to the ballroom, there must be a thousand people there. And we had our own table and, and he of course recognized his friends from Indiana, Pennsylvania. But uh, we didn't ask to be in his suite. He just wanted to have his friends from Indiana there with him. And I thought that was that was so, so wonderful, him to do that.
0: Tell us a little bit about the Harvey Award and what it's about, and then some of the people who have received that and people you've met.
1: Yes, uh, the Harvey Award, uh, that was created uh, not long after we formed the foundation. We wanted to try to come up with some idea to honor people who... Worked with Jimmy uh, in, in various uh, roles, whether it be in the movies or in the military. Um, that's another uh, section we could talk about for for a long time. His military career. Oh, yeah. We wanted to do something to honor honor people who had the same values, if you will, and had some of the same ideas, uh, and um, the type of people where you know you you could uh, you could relate uh, to them based on their personality and their kindness, and their generosity uh, as Jimmy Stewart. Uh, and it's, it's a big event. We have uh, a dinner, we have a presentation. And and what's so nice about this, as, as opposed to going to a, an event, seeing someone maybe act or whatever on stage, uh, these people come here, and we used to have them for a weekend or so. And we make sure that they get exposed if you will, to the public here in Indiana. That's the way Jimmy would like it. Jimmy would not want to isolate people. So so they come here. We, we have an event here at the museum. Usually we have a, 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 a autograph session where people come in and and talk to the actor or actresses, shake their hand, get pictures with them, autographs, and with no restrictions, except, you know, we, we have to make, make sure we don't... Uh, it'll aggravate her, but, but we, we try to do that, which is great for the community, and people walk away from here and say, well, that, that June Allison, she was a nice lady, that Carol Burnett, she was nice, and and I, th- I think there again, that just sort of points out that uh, Jimmy's friends uh, that we've invited here, who've been here, who are coming, uh, they're very special people, and what one, one of our our first recipient was Rich Little. Uh, Some of us remember Rich. He's still uh, working very much in Las Vegas. He does many impersonations. And uh, he has become a wonderful friend of the museum. He's become a personal friend. And uh, he's on our board of directors. Uh, Rich comes back every year for this event. At his own expense, (coughs) uh, he doesn't charge us anything for for being here, he's always willing to to be part of the program because he, he loved Jimmy Stewart. And he has so many stories he can tell about Jimmy. We had on our board of directors uh, some, another name you might recognize is Fabian Forte. Uh, he, he was on our board director directors for years and he received the Harvey Award. Anyway, getting back to the family, Judy and Kelly and Michael, I have to tell this story and I don't tell it in a way, to try to impress anyone, but um, I was talking with uh, Judy and Kelly when they were here a couple of years ago in, in the car, and we were talking about Jimmy's military career and flying, and I, I told them that when I was growing up in, uh, in Oak Hill, West Virginia, I used to uh, work at a place called Fayette Airport. In Fayetteville, West Virginia, while I was going to high school, I was working there to, to accumulate flying time I'd cut the grass, I would uh, change oil in airplanes and that sort of thing, and I was doing that during flying time and learning to fly, and I always loved that, I loved to fly, and uh, so anyway, about two weeks later, uh, after they left town, this was the same year that Carol Burnett was here, That's two years ago, Uh, two weeks later, I received a package, a brown package in the mail, and I see... uh, uh, Kelly Stewart's name at the return address. So I opened up, and in that package, there was a picture of Jimmy and Gloria at a table at the Stork Club, and uh, Kelly had written on the photograph, notice the tie class Dad is wearing. And also, in that packet, there was a letter from Judy, Kelly, and Michael telling me that. Uh, they they wanted to give me this tie class that belonged to their father, and this tie class happened to be a gold propeller, airplane propeller. And since I it was fly, used to fly, they, they thought this would be a nice little uh, gift of appreciation for my time that I've you know, served at the museum. Uh, yeah, and I, I really was touched. I, I opened this up, and here's this tie class. And they put in there, in the letter, we looked for talk classes. Apparently, this is the only one that Dad had, because it's the only one they could find. And I did some research on it. Uh, that, that was given to him by Leland Hayward. Uh, he was producer of South Pacific and Spirit of St. Louis, that sort of thing. Yeah. It was given to Jimmy in 1935, when Jimmy Stewart received his pilot license as a gift from Leland Hayward. They were uh, good friends, and Leland was a pilot also. So I, I have to say, when, when I read that, uh, the tears did flow down my cheek that the family would be so kind to
0: think of, of doing uh, that. yeah. What a major honor.
1: Uh, well, I, I like I said, I hate to even mention, it sounds like you're you're sort of bragging, but I'm not I'm just trying to give you some flavor, again,
0: of this family. This right. Sort of family. Yeah, yeah, it shows just their kind-heartedness. It does make, do you wear it every day?
1: Well, every time I wear a suit, you know, I'm retired now, so I'll wear a suit very often. But, but I do wear it to church and whenever I, have to, whenever I go somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, you mentioned you have some amusing stories from some of the people you've met over the years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's so, it, it, I think it's, it's good for the history to have this information because uh, it, it's not going to be recreated again. <clears throat> uh, well, our first Harvey recipient was June Allison. She was just an outstanding lady. and So. We went down to uh, Pittsburgh uh, International Airport to pick her up, and we stopped by and had dinner at this restaurant overlooking the Allegheny River in Pittsburgh. Beautiful place. Anyway, we're sitting there, and and June looks over at me, and she says, do you have a restroom here? I said, yeah, I'm sure we do. And I said, I don't know where it is, but come on, I'll I'll take you with me, we'll we'll find it. So I walk her out, we go out in the lobby, and sure enough, there's men and women's restroom. And she goes in there, and there's, there's uh, three couples there. And I noticed that the couples, the ladies, were like staring at, at the bathroom door when June went in there. Well, then I noticed the three ladies go in the bathroom. Okay, June is in that bathroom 10 minutes. And I'm wondering what in the world's going on? Of course, the ladies are still in there. So finally, the ladies come out, <clears throat> then June comes out. And I said, I'm sorry, I said, are you okay? She said, you know, Carson, she said, that's the first time I've ever been asked for an autograph in a Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, well, you're in Western Pennsylvania. They love you and all this sort of thing. But I thought that, that was something. Welcome to Western Pennsylvania.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have any paper. Uh, let me, oh, we'll, we'll just use this toilet tissue if that's all right.
1: Yeah, but, but those ladies are <laughs> so happy. She did give the autograph to them, each one. And then uh, I remember Janet Lee uh, when she was here. She was she again was a, such a nice lady and and uh, uh, one thing that struck me about her, we were talking with her at a reception, a private reception, and we were talking about her movie Psycho. And, and I asked her, I "said Is it true? I've heard these stories, Janet, that you will not take a shower because of uh, the Psycho movie. You'll only take a bath." She said, "That's true." She said, "I cannot." go into a shower stall anymore since that movie and uh, so I thought that was sort of interesting to get it from the person's mouth the, all these rumors you'd heard that yes she was concerned about <clears throat> we had Ernie Borgnine here and Ernie <clears throat> Ernie was was a kind gentle person you would never believed after seeing some of these movies but he was very kind he traveled in a, a mobile camper he did not like to fly so we were having a uh, you know a private reception at one of our board members house and and they talking to Ernie, and he pulled his pants leg up. He had surgery on his knees, I guess, and he was he was all, all uh, sore and that sort of thing. He's talking about his surgery. And uh, what was sort of uh, uh, strange about that one, it was sort of a bad time. We uh, we received uh, threats on Ernie for some reason from some person out in uh, Missouri or somewhere. And on that particular night that we were having the Harvey uh, giving it to Ernie. We had our Pennsylvania Attorney General with us as my guest, uh, Mike Fisher. So, Mike was going to be at this event, and it was interesting that uh, we had so many uh, police around, but nothing ever happened. It was was a hoax, but that was sort of a different type of slant on on the dinner, but it went very well, no problems. But but that was years ago, and and that was sort of a low point, but it it came out. It's
0: very strange.
1: Yeah, it was really strange. We had Shirley Jones. Shirley was very nice too. You know, her family uh, used to own a place called Stony's Brewery, uh, a beer uh, brewery, and uh, and she was she was talking with us, and she was we were talking about the movie uh, Cheyenne Social Club. You might remember that movie mm-hmm. that starred Jimmy Stewart and Henry Fonda, and she was in that movie, of course, with him. She was a star, and. She was telling us about, about halfway through the movie is when Jimmy got word of his uh, son, Ronnie, being killed in Vietnam. And, you know, the whole cast was just devastated, devastated. And I guess they said, well, you know, we, we need, need to postpone this, this for a while. And Jimmy, being the trooper that he was, uh, no, so let's, 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 let's continue and they continued to make the movie. So about halfway through that movie is when Jimmy found out that his son had been killed and Vietnam. on his son was a Marine.
0: Hmm. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, I understand director Gene Kelly and, and co-star Hank Fonda, they would just shut down every once in a while, go fishing, just take it easy for a while.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we had... So Charlton Heston, uh, he had agreed to accept the... Harvey Award, and we were quite excited about that. And uh, believe it or not, two two days before he was supposed to be here, his wife became ill, and he had to cancel all of his appointments on the East Coast. So hmm. here we had this Harvey dinner, ready to go, tickets sold, everything ready. We just, we just couldn't cancel it. So I was president at that time, and I didn't know what to do. Actually, we, we met up here at the museum, and talked about this so uh, Rick Santorum who is is a a former U.S. Senator here in Pennsylvania uh, was a friend of of ours and of mine and and actually Rick is the one who was able to get Charlton Heston to agree to come to Indiana for this Harvey I called Rick and, and told him what happened that we had a cancellation so anyway Rick said well I will be there I will be there, and, and read, read a letter from Mr. Heston to the crowd. And hmm. then uh, I talked to Nick Nick Clooney, who is uh, uh, George Clooney's father. He, uh, he and Nina are, again, two wonderful friends of the museum. They, they, they've always supported us and been here when we need them. Called Nick and told him the situation. Nick says, I will be there. So He was driving up from uh, down near Cincinnati, and so he and Nina came up. And as far as I know, that was that was one of the uh, uh, had the highest attendance of any party event that we had. And Nick and and uh, Rick actually put this thing together. I'll have to, have to jump in here now. I got to tell you a really funny story. Uh, Rosemary Clooney was here. Uh, that's Nick's sister uh, for the event at the university and. So we asked her to come to the museum and she came over and we gave her a tour. But that night we had dinner at the country club, Indiana Country Club. And uh, uh, Rosemary's uh, husband, uh, Dante, was a professional dancer. He danced all over the the world, Mm -hmm. but was with her. So we had dinner at the country club and we're getting ready to leave. And walk by this room at the country club and the ballroom dance uh, group were practicing their ballroom dancing well at this dinner was Nick and Nina Clooney Rosemary there was uh, uh, Rich Little was there so we decided to stop or actually Rich and Nick decided to stop and they we went in the room with these people and it was so funny because Rich did one of his shows doing impersonations of everybody there's Nick like the MC and you've ever heard Nick speak he's He's quite a speaker. Then there's Dante, the professional dancer. He's dancing with all the people, and they got this special show, if you will, that night. And that was the talk of Indiana for a month. How these people stopped in and entertained them that night. I, I thought there again. It- it's just the way that the people associated with Jimmy, how they, how they really, how they really are. Now, can you imagine some actors today or actresses even stopping in or even looking in?
0: But they did this. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you, you had mentioned Nick and Nina Clooney. They've served as ambassadors for the museum. Uh, Nick hosted a lot of events and was sort of a, a go-to MC. Uh, tell us a little bit more about them. Uh,
1: you know, Nick, Nick and Nina started coming to the museum not too long, maybe two thousand three, two thousand four. Well. No, um, they uh, earlier than that. earlier than that. I can't remember when they came, but they, they came fairly early to the museum. And as you say, Nick became our annual MC. And if you ever heard of Nick, he just he's outstanding. But he would come and he would he would just spice the place up. And I'm not over exaggerating. I don't need to do that. But he would walk into the room. He knew no strangers. He had that smiling face, and Nina was the same way. And he would come in and shake hands and and, and just. Sign autographs, anything that you know we want them to do, and uh, they—they were just—they were just like a stalwart uh, of this museum. Now hmm. uh, they're still friends of ours. and Nick doesn't travel as much as he used to. I, I do talk to Nick now and then, uh, not too often, but uh, uh, there again, yeah, they're just wonderful people, and uh, I just can't say enough for, for the impact and influence that they've had on the museum, also along with with Rich Little. Uh,
0: he, he, there again, he's been a stalwart to, uh, to the museum. Yeah, we should mention Rich Little is responsible for that outside facade at the museum that says the name of the museum. You can see it from the street, whereas before, you might miss it because it looks like very much like a county building or a, a city building.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He, he, Rich, financed the cover, the awning with our name on it. He and his lovely wife, who uh, actually uh, paid for it, of course, and the... Uh, one day he looked at me and said, you know, you need an audience here. And and then he said, well, you need also to give me a price and send me some prices. So we did and he agreed to that. And while we were talking one day, we were walking down the street and here in Indiana, we have crosswalks like every other town. And I was talking to him and I said, man, it'd be nice you know, I've heard these places where they have people's voices saying walk and don't walk for the people in the street and he says, well, he said, I-, "I can make you a recording. I-, I can maybe I can talk like Jimmy. <laughs> so as we speak today, you walk out here and you are right across the street. And there's a recording when you get across the street. Uh, w- 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 t- 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 take your time now. D- 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 be careful. And it's Rich Little doing Jimmy Stewart's voice and um, at the crosswalks. <laughs> so, so you get to hear Jimmy when you come to town just crossing the street. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that was uh, that was that was unique." You know,
0: it's such a great idea. So you talking about the town puts me right on the on Philadelphia Street there. And I want listeners to know that, you know, even without the museum, it's worth visiting Indiana. Uh, it's just such a quaint, beautiful, friendly town. You've spoken about the people there. Uh, and then there's so much history. And then even right up the street, you could go to the Stewart family home. I mean, it's, it's very walkable. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed my visits there immensely. So I just can't recommend enough for people to visit. I mean, if they're just going for the museum, fantastic. But I think they'll be surprised by everything else that the town has to offer.
1: Well, yes, it, it's a beautiful town. Uh, it's it's a typical small town. However, we have a university here, which really brings a lot to the community, and, and we're so proud of it. Uh, well, you know, another person that brings back a memory is Robert Wagner. Robert Wagner was here to receive the award and uh, a friend of mine and myself went down to the airport to pick up Mr. Wagner at Pittsburgh Airport so we go down there and of course we're there at the baggage claim and we're watching and so we're waiting on Mr. Wagner and we wait and wait and wait and we look around and suddenly we're the only ones left in the airport and we don't have a Mr. Wagner so we called uh, the uh, executive director of the museum at that time and I said, we don't, we can't find Mr. Wagner. So she said, well, let me call his wife. His wife is Jill St. John. And so she called Miss St. John, and I guess Mr. Wagner was in the hotel, in bed. <laughs> so anyway, he says, well, just pick me up tomorrow. So so okay, fine, that's fine. So we're driving back, and I'm talking to my partner, Carl Kologi. Carl, what did we do wrong? Uh, we, we couldn't find him. He said, I don't know. We, I just didn't see him. So the next morning, we go down to pick him up at the airport to bring him back to Indiana. And he comes out. And, and he, you know, he was very he was very nice. But he said, well, where were you guys? I said, well, we were here. He said, well, I had a fedora on. Did you see the fedora? I said, no, honestly. So we, we didn't see him at the airport. So so anyway, at, at the dinner, uh, Harvey dinner that night, he gets up to speak. And the first thing he says, he says, I almost didn't make it here tonight. Carson and Carl couldn't find me, so that's where the, that's what went off in of the last. But, but he he doesn't he didn't forget that. I thought that was something. How we missed him, I have no I, I have no idea. It, it was just, uh, it, it just so we, we lost him, and we got him back. But he did make a joke of it. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness!
0: One of the problems that I guess we're having with. You know some of the past award winners. They're they're no longer with us. I mean they're passing away. Uh, James Best was one of your Harvey Award winners. I understand he was a real joy to be with. Oh,
1: well, James Best again. I'm, I'm sounding redundant, but he was one of the kindest, most down to earth persons I've ever met. You know he was Roscoe P. Coltrane, and, and uh, he was in the uh, movie Shannon Door with Jimmy and, and we, we took him to the, uh, the radio station here and he, he just he just was wonderful talking to the MC and all that sort of thing and I I remember him telling me about Jimmy Stewart when, when he was making the movie Shenandoah he said uh, he, he recalls how kind Jimmy was to him as a new actor he said there were a couple scenes there that they did and he said Jimmy one time came over and knelt down side of him and said now you know I would suggest you do it this way or that way and that way but he said he was he was that way and I'm not going to mention an actor's name but, uh, but there's a very very famous actor that James uh, best worked with who was just the opposite he said after a cut you know the, the, the actor would just walk away not giving any advice but Jimmy was always there to, to sort of say hey if you do it like this it might had a little different effect. Hmm. Uh, you know, There's Jimmy Stewart again. Uh, but, but, uh, Ross P. Coltrane was a, was a great guy, James Best, and, and of course he did pass away, but uh, he, he he really did a nice job when he came to Indiana.
0: Yeah, doing, doing some research on him, because I was hoping to be able to speak with him at some point, and as you said, he passed away in recent years, the last couple of years. Uh, He must have passed along that work ethic that he got from Jimmy to other actors because people said that about him, that he was an actor's actor, he took time to help people. I think it was John Schneider on the set of the Dukes of Hazzard who said that he learned more from James Best in one day than he could have learned in in acting school.
1: Yes, he was a very caring person. Uh, I might also mention, before I forget you know, we had Jimmy Stewart's Oscar for Philadelphia Story
0: mm-hmm. years,
1: years ago. Family was kind enough to send it to us for on loan and we kept it here and people got to see it. But it's interesting that uh, Philadelphia, I, one day I, I was looking at that and I discovered that the word Philadelphia was misspelled. They left the I off the end. So as that Oscar sets today, Philadelphia was misspelled.
0: That's amazing.
1: That's, that's, I think I'm the one who found that, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, and, and I, so, something that sort of strikes me also is, is uh, you know, Philadelphia story. The museum is on Philadelphia Street, and and, uh, uh, and you know, it, it's like it's like the uh, the movie uh, uh, Spirit of St. Louis. I remember, I remember back in 1957. That's sort of gonna gonna date me a little bit. But I remember seeing the, the the movie *Spirit of St. Louis*, and of course Jimmy Stewart was in that. And and uh, and I, I must say, looking back, I never dreamed, never dreamed that in 1957 I would be uh, meeting the actor who who was in that movie uh, *Spirit of St. Louis*. And so I was I was so so blessed to be able to do that. And, and just a little trivia: you may have heard this story, but. Uh, the daughters told us about Jimmy was making a movie, the, the movie Spirit of St. Louis, and if you recall, if you saw a movie, a fly a fly got into the cockpit and mm-hmm. Jimmy's sort of talking that fly and, and, and the fly flying around you know, that that was all I had lived that was not planned to be, that fly happened to get in there, and Jimmy had lived all of that all of that, uh, so I, I thought <laughs> there again, that tells you about this man, He he was just amazing, uh, amazing person. Yeah. Uh, and I, I almost, I also have to mention to you, I, I've been so blessed being part of this museum. I've seen things i would never see. an old country boy from West Virginia would never have this opportunity to do, but in 19, in 2009, uh, the National Aviation Hall of Fame was inducting Jimmy, along with Neil, uh, uh, not Neil Armstrong, uh, three other people, uh, Palmer was one of those. But anyway, uh, the family couldn't make the event, so they asked me as president of the museum if I would be willing to go and represent the family to receive this award uh, that he would receive, Jimmy would receive and, and, his, and witness his induction. So I said, sure, I'll be honored to. I never dreamed it'd be as large a thing as it was, but we went out to uh, uh, Ohio and went to the, uh, the event, and on the first, uh, on the first night, uh, at the President's reception or dinner, there were 10 or 11 Apollo astronauts on the stage sitting right in front of us, including Neil Armstrong and, and uh, Gene Cernan. You had
0: Russell, met Jim Lovell?
1: Jim Lovell, the whole right. thing. Of so anyway, I, uh, but, but before we got there uh, and at, at, at the attended the event, I had some contact with the National Aviation Hall of Fame. And I I asked them, I said, do you have an MC? Uh, And they said, no, we don't. So I suggested Nick Clooney. And they called Nick, and Nick agreed to MC, so he was our MC. And the award that Jimmy was to receive, someone had to present that to him. So I asked if Rich Little could present that to me, representing the family, and they agreed to that. So Rich came out and and gave the award. But, you know, we, we were sitting there. And, and uh, I had to read a little thing, some things about Jimmy. But, but people were, were just all the time coming up to me saying, Jimmy Stewart, I remember him in this. He did this. He was a military hero. And I was so proud and humble and grateful to be a part of that. And there again, you know, the family was kind enough to ask me to represent them. And that, that's a highlight of my life, to, to sit beside of Neil Armstrong, for example, and meet him and, and talk to the other astronauts, Buzz Aldrin. Uh, so, so anyway, that's something that I was so honored to do, and, and there again, being part of this museum had, had made that happen, and if I hadn't been a part of this museum, that would not have happened,
0: and uh, uh, I'm just grateful. Yeah, you've Appreciate had the opportunity that. to represent the family well, and Jimmy's, Jimmy's legacy well over the years, and... Uh, well, well,
1: there again, it, it, it's a blessing to be to, to call these people, Stewart family friends, and that sort of thing, and... Uh, well, I'll have to. I, I could mention getting back to the Harvey people. Mm-hmm. I remember Ben Gazzara was here. Ben was quite a quite a person, very interesting. And so I had to pick him up at the airport. Went down to pick his wife up, and they had a had a, a, a little dog with them. Uh, it's a, a dachshund, small dachshund. And his name was Maxie, and Maxie went everywhere with Ben Gazzara everywhere. So we're driving in from Pittsburgh, getting into Murrysville. And he says, I'm hungry, it's okay. So there was a Burger King right there. I said, is this okay? He said, yeah, sure, I just want a sandwich. So we get out and he, he has a dog in this in this little satchel. Uh, I said, well, we'll put the windows down. No, he said, I take my dog everywhere. So we go in that Burger King and he has his dog in there and you know, that's probably, <laughs> you don't take animals in the restaurant unless they're service animals. So anyway, we, we had our, our meal no problem, and we, we left, and then when we get to the event, uh, the Harvey Award event, uh, we got special permission also to let his dog go with him into the uh, dining room, and I thought that was very nice of the local people to do that, but the, the funny thing about this whole thing, he was uh, he in uh, his room, and he, he called down, he was getting ready for the event, he called down and asked if I could come up to his room, so I go up knock on a door and he opens the door and here he stands in a, a pair of red boxer shorts <laughs> <laughs> he, he needed he needed something he's watching the background and she's laughing She <laughs> says "Ben, you're in your shorts <laughs> ah, he said get out of here. he's a guy but that was, that was a funny story i started laughing I, I couldn't believe it but he was a he was a like it is type guy and uh, you couldn't help but love him and of course we had carol Burnett here i you know what can i say about carol Burnett? She was such a sweetheart. Uh, she was so kind, and, and uh, I know we were having dinner, and I think you might have been there. Yes. We were having dinner, and people were walking up to the, uh, the table where she was, and she was signing autographs. She was trying to eat, but she never complained, and, and she was she was just a sweet person. And, and uh, when we made the arrangements for her to, after she accepted the, the invitation to come to the harvey and after making the, make the arrangements, I suggested, well, I said, uh, Judy and Kelly are coming from, I think, California, and Rich is in Las Vegas, and Carol's in California, or, or where, uh, well, why can't we maybe uh, get them all on the same plane? So, they were on the same plane, and I guess, I guess it was a, a ball with those people on the same plane, and Carol just was just so happy to, to renew her acquaintance with the Rich Little, and it was just a wonderful time And there again She's an icon And we've all watched her shows over the years And we were so blessed again That she would uh, take the time to be here I know Jimmy would be very proud and very happy Because
0: they were very good friends Yeah I I got the sense that that was a party plane And they were they really enjoyed it yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> for, so. for that event I got there and uh, it felt like A Twilight Zone episode Because the the hotel is right next door to where the conference center was, so you you, you literally walk right out into an, another door, walk right in, then all of a sudden it's Hollywood glitz and glamour, and I was like, where am I? I thought I was in Indiana, Pennsylvania. I go and, and take a seat. I strike it up with some other media people, uh, photographers, I believe. Uh, I'm forgetting his name, Jim. Uh, in- Jim Whitefield. Okay, so uh, Jim... Takes upon himself to lead me back to the media room or, or to the reception room. I walk back there, and the first thing I see is I believe it's you, uh, other members of the museum, Carol Burnett, the Stewart daughters, Rich Little, all <laughs> all tugging on their ears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was a wonderful picture. Yeah, we, I
1: had that picture. That, 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 was, yeah, that was great. And, and, and you know, another interesting thing about Carol Burnett. Uh, my wife, Peggy, and I, I, I couldn't find Peggy in, in that room, that you're talking about. Yeah. This was a fall day, of course. And so I, I was looking for Peggy, and I looked over, and Peggy and Carol were standing there looking out that big window. Remember the windows there on that, yes. that place? You could see of oh, the golf course and see all the beauty of the trees. So I walked over there and sort of, you know, introduced myself again. And they were just talking about the beauty of the earth. and and the beauty of uh, the trees and the colors. So they were just talking like, you know, it's nice to live in a place like this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, here's this iconic lady taking the time to be talking with my wife uh, who who couldn't have any influence to help her at all about the beauty of nature and that sort of thing. So Mm. that's when you really get to know these people. As I say, when you come to our Harvey dinner, you get to meet these people one-on-one we don't keep you away from them. we encourage you to talk with them
0: yeah yeah it, it's a real loose environment it's a uh, real open and i i talked to carol a little bit backstage that was fun i understand that she uh you know i know when you're planning these events you want the weather to be perfect and all of that and then it started raining or it even rained i think when they were on their flight and i'm certain you guys were concerned about that and then you find out that she really she sees that as a sign of good luck. Like, she can point to big events in her life where it rained, and so that completely put her at ease, and I think that sort of uh, lent itself to a a relaxing evening as well.
1: I think so. And I think it should be noted that in every one of these Harvey uh, uh, events, it seems like people are really, really considerate. Of these actors and, actors, and By that I mean, you don't have people falling all over them. You know, that I think they can sense that that they're going to be nice, they're going to be kind, and and uh, you sort of treat them like, if you will, normal individuals, which they are. And I think they like that. Yeah, I think many times they go to these events and they perform, and many people try to try to simply just get their autograph, try to get pictures, or screaming at. Them. But that doesn't happen with our people. We, we, we seem to be a little more down to earth, and, and I think they really can sense that, and they really like that because, as, as you probably know, I know you know, that sometimes people are always looking for contacts and that sort of thing. And in our case, all you want to do is honor Jimmy Stewart and honor these people who have some of the same values that, that Jimmy had. Cool. And one, one thing I, I may, Getting back to the spirit of St. Louis. I didn't realize this until the other night. The spirit of St. Louis, which Jimmy was, of course, the star, it left Roosevelt Field on May the 20th, 1927. Jimmy's birthday is May the 20th, 1908. He was here in Indiana at the water plant on his birthday on May the 20th,
0: 1983. Oh, wow.
1: Isn't that... Does that give you a little chills?
0: Yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. So, I just had a thrill, in, I thought that was quite a coincidence that the, the 20th seems to stick out there. Oh yeah, Carson. Uh, there are other people that you met along the line: Kenny Rogers, uh, Catherine Grant Crosby. There may be right. others that I haven't mentioned. Right.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Kenny. Ro- yeah, Kenny Rogers was here doing a concert in Indiana at the university. And he he found out that, of course, this is Jimmy's home. And Kenny Rogers is an outstanding photographer. And we have a a picture of Jimmy that Kenny had taken of him here in our museum. So uh, we invited him over to the museum. And his picture, of course, uh, Jimmy's picture is hanging here that Kenny took. And he he toured the museum. We we gave him a complete tour there again. He was... uh, I think he was impressed with the museum. Uh, I think he was impressed with some of the items we had here. He was uh, very, again, very kind gentleman, and he was a gentleman. And uh, we we had the opportunity to talk to him about Jimmy. Of course, uh, he's still. I guess Kenny's still singing.
0: <laughs> yeah. so
1: that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, Kathy Grant Crosby, that's Bing's wife. Uh, she was. She, she was in Anatomy of a Murder with Jimmy, of course Ben Gazzara was in that movie with him also uh, I, I, it's interesting, when I went down to, I took her down to uh, the airport for her departure uh, the lady at the ticket counter uh, mentioned said, did, did, didn't your daughter act in a, in a TV program? It was Dallas and, and, and uh, Kathy sort of Perk yes, yes, that's my daughter. So so there she was talking to this person she didn't know about her daughter and her acting and that sort of thing. And you could tell that Kathy was just, she was bubbling over. And a, a little story before Kathy came, we were trying to get some confirmation that she would be here. And the number that they gave us to call uh, was uh, Father Hope's wife's number. <laughs> So we called Bob Hope's wife to ask if she could contact uh, Kathy. And because they were very good friends, Kathy, I guess, spent a lot of time, I think, uh, with with her. But anyway, so she was kind enough, and we we got it all worked out. And and she, again, she was a sweet lady, and and apparently uh, enjoyed her stay here in Indiana.
0: There are a number of celebrities I'm sure you'd love to have met. Does anybody come to mind? I know, like George Kennedy, and he was in Dallas as well, wasn't he? George Kennedy uh, passed away recently, and he was in several films with Jimmy. Um, Maureen O'Hara, right before that. So there, there are there are a few I'm, I'm sure you've tried to reach out to over the years. Anybody come to mind?
1: Well, I'd like to see if Kim Novak. You know, I think she'd be an
0: outstanding. Person oh yes. To me, I I think that you know she would certainly.
1: Um... Uh, draw a crowd here. She's an outstanding actress, a very beautiful lady, and I'd love to see her be willing to come to Indiana, Pennsylvania.
0: (laughs) That would be great. Uh, You've met other notable celebrities, uh, maybe nobody higher than the President of the United States. You met President Bush.
1: Yeah, uh, I've been, again, I've been blessed for an old country boy from the mountains of West Virginia. I've been In the right place, I guess, at the right time, many times. I met a a couple of presidents. As a matter of fact, going way back, my wife and I met John F. Kennedy at our high school gym one time. He was there campaigning uh, in the 1960, I think, yeah, 1960, 61. And he came to our our high school gymnasium and spoke, and we got to go on the floor later and talk to him. In fact, uh, he had a little brochure with him, had a time for greatness and uh, his little brochure talked about him and he signed it for me and back in 1970 I had a good friend in in Montgomery, West Virginia who was an attorney uh, and uh, he loved uh, JFK so I gave him that autograph and I guess he still has it.
0: Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) So when I I mentioned President Bush, I'm talking about Bush 41, right? Yeah, I've met both of them, Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, yes. I. Uh, yes.
1: I met both the Bushes. Uh, one was in the event down in Pittsburgh. As a, as a matter of fact, uh, I have to be H. Uh, George George W. Bush's uh, county coordinator, and they one of his uh, election campaigns. But uh, yeah, he was there, there again. Nice people. Uh, enjoyed having them or meeting them, I guess. But, uh, I, I would say, I would say, honestly, that the thrill of my life was meeting Jimmy Stewart, and and uh, actually getting to know him somewhat uh, uh, and his family. So, and i one little story. I remember I asked uh, Judy and Kelly one time, and I think this is an almost story, but I asked them myself. I remember, I said. Uh, as you know, but when you graduated when you left uh, home, you know, what, what really happened, how did Jimmy take that? He said, well, we, we were getting ready to go off to college. And I may not get this story completely correct. I'm trying to my best to remember it. But <laughs> we're going to college and Jimmy, their dad, asked them to meet him in his den. And he went to talk to them before they left for college. And they said, oh, here we go. Uh, Dad's gonna talk to us about going to college not to have the wild parties and study and behave and all that sort of thing. We know what's coming. I guess they were down in his den sitting on the couch, I guess side by side. And Jimmy comes down the steps, sits down in his chair. He's looking at him. They're looking at him. And he said, "Uh, Judy, Kelly, I just want to tell you one thing. I want you to always remember, be nice to everyone. And then he kicks up, walks out, that's the story.
0: And that was all he said.
1: That's all he said. Can you imagine those two looking at each other, saying, wow, <laughs> be nice to everyone. And I, I, to, to give you some example, when he was, when Jimmy was here for his birthday celebration, there was a dinner at the place we used to call the Omni, a big uh, building, a closet actually a big building where they had dinners. There must have been 300, people there at this day, And I was there. I was pretty close to him, pretty close to Mr. Stewart and Gloria. And people were trying to get his autograph. And he was signing them, that sort of thing, as many as he could. And then there was a young man about midway in the building. He was in a wheelchair. And people were all around him. And, of course, he had a piece of paper and a pencil he was trying to work his way over. Mr. Stewart's autograph I saw this I saw this in my own eyes Mr. Stewart saw him and stopped right there signed an autograph and walked through the crowd sort of the crowd was sort of you know getting out of his way walked over to this young man I saw this he gets down on his knee him did and starts talking with him and signs his autograph and pats him on the shoulder and gets up and starts signing autographs again.
0: oh that's great
1: he made a point to get over there to that young man who wasn't able at that time to get over to the Jimmy because of the crowd, to go over and say a few words. I don't know what he said to him, but now that's that's a real person.
0: Oh, yeah. Real. Back to Carol Burnett's visit for a moment. I remember there there was a meeting at the museum, uh, and if people have been there, they've seen this booth from Chasen's Restaurant where Jimmy and Gloria often sat and actually sat there with their daughters. And so they actually sat in there with Carol Burnett. I believe Carol may have even visited with the Stewart's at that restaurant at one time or another. And so it's a bit of a reunion there inside, you know, this piece of history. And uh, if I understand correctly, the girls started talking about sticking gum underneath the table. and I believe Tim Harley, uh, the president at the time, had said, well, let's see if it's still under there. And sure enough, there's... Stuck gum underneath the table from in that booth inside the museum.
1: Well, that's <laughs> that's pretty accurate. Uh, let me get, let me give you the story on that one. Yeah. The the Chasen's booth. Uh, I was I was there when this uh, was, was unloaded. the Museum. Uh, Bruce Salome, who used to be a member of the board, and I we unloaded that Chasen's booth. And while we were unloading the booth, I put my fingers on on the edge to lift it, and I felt this chewing gum. There must have be five or six pieces. So I I looked down, looked at it. And sure enough, there's chewing gum on there. And I said at that time, I bet that belonged to the the kids, the Julian Kelly, because who would put chewing gum? I don't think Alfred Hitchcock would put chewing gum under there. <laughs> no, you would. I think he used that booth also. So anyway, so. So sure enough when, when they came back to town after that I pointed out that this could be your chewing gum and they said yeah th- we remember we remembered so <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story about the chewing gum um, it, it it's still on there it's still <laughs> I'm sure you do a DNA test but it would confirm it <laughs> <laughs> that was so, so funny. you know that booth has so many memories you know and it, you, you might know also that we have at the Indiana, or Jimmy Stewart Airport, we have one of Jimmy's private airplanes. It's a, it's
0: a Beechcraft, I think, 310, twin engine. Right. Uh, it, it was
1: some, some people with the airport group actually found this, and they went out and picked this old airplane up, hauled it back here, and took it apart, and they're renovated to, to uh, be able to, uh, I guess, station it somewhere right there at the airport. But this is an airplane owned by Jimmy, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Judy told me herself that she remembers that airplane. I sent her a picture of it. Uh, but anyway, so we have his one of his airplanes at our Jimmy Stewart Airport out here that people, you know, one of these days can can go take a look at also. But that's another thing. Jimmy, as you know, was a was a military hero, and that, I'm not using that word loosely. He he flew 23 or 24 missions over over Germany. And I mean, those, were, those were missions. He, he was being shot at when he was flying over Germany. And uh, he was one of those who, who enlisted and started out as a private and came out as a colonel. And we had, if you look at the 1945 Life magazine, I know everybody had one of those hanging around, the 1945 <laughs> Life magazine, I think it's September 16th issue, this picture of Jimmy sitting on top of a building, and in the background is the old courthouse, and on that courthouse, you look at the top of it, there's a V, which meant victory. Well, the story about the V is Jimmy's father, Alex, wanted to put this V up there when Jimmy was coming back from the war to, to honor him and welcome him. And understanding that the county folks said, no, we can't do that. That's not something we can do, liability and all that sort of thing. Well, that was sort of challenging Alex to do it. And Alex got up through there somehow and, and, and got the V on the building without any approval at all <laughs> and then I
0: worked at the bank in, the, in this building where, where this happened and one day I was talking to the, one of the maintenance men and
1: I said oh, I wish we had that V well he had the V, he was up in the attic of the bank it had been cut off it's, it's a bank now, it's not a courthouse now Right. It, 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 it was cut off, and so I said, "Bank president, I said, could we have that for a museum?" And today, that V is right down here with I think three bulbs, hmm. red, white, and blue bulbs, I think, in our museum. That is fantastic. We have that here, and th- that was that was funny.
0: So, Carson, in a in a word, what would you say the impact has been on the community from having the museum there?
1: Well, I, I think the impact is we are creating. We have created a, a destination for people. Uh, we've helped, as oh, you said, one word didn't.
0: You? <laughs> oh no! Well, in a well, statement, I, as I you would
1: I think it's it's helped the economy. I think it's helped the economy. Yeah. I know it's hard to put numbers on that, but when you look at thousands of people coming through this museum who signed it, the ones who signed some don't even sign the book, there has to be some impact on the community. Uh, It just seems to me that that, that, it's it's like George Bailey. Let's talk about George Bailey for a second. It's a wonderful life. If you recall in that movie, I guess the point was, you know, it wouldn't be the same without George. You know, George realized it wouldn't be the same. So it's just like, if this museum wasn't here, it wouldn't be the same. Remind me of George Bailey, you know. You you know, it's something that that you can't really put a price on. It, it's like a legacy. It, it, it puts this little town on the map.
0: Yeah, I think you could argue, you know, even to the one-on-one individual level, that people see Jimmy's legacy, they understand, they get to learn how he lived his life, and they are inspired by that. And they want to reflect that themselves.
1: Well, you know, it's like this, Tim. In our world today, maybe it's been like this forever, I don't know. But in our world today, there seems to be a lot of things happening that people are, are very depressed, if you will, and, and it seems like values seem to be uh, thrown out the door, and, and it's not, not to mention all the political stuff going on and all that sort of thing. And it, it's sort of refreshing to sit down and watch Winchester movie or watch uh, uh, Shenandoah or something. It's so nice to be able to watch those movies and, and, and also uh, see the expression of values that have come out of, uh, of Jimmy's acting. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy was Jimmy when he was in these movies. And I think that comes across as being a real person. In today's society and world, sometimes it's hard to find or hard to uh, find someone who, who is real and Jimmy Stewart and on all these years this museum has been open and and I I don't say this I I say this to make a point we've had actors and actresses who've been through all sorts of things you know, all sorts of bad things Jimmy Stewart has never had a blemish on his career or his life
0: and it's 21 years as far as the museum is concerned to to find something
1: so Mm -hmm. to me if that would be an example for like Kids and grandkids.
0: What can I say? Yeah, that's a good point.
1: That's not being overly uh, emotional, that's just factual. Because it's like I tell people, you know, I'm retired now, I don't really have to... <laughs> have to I, I can say it like it is, well, and, and I think that more people should say that, that we need, we need some of the values that have been displayed through Jimmy Stewart's life. Hmm. And it's only one movie you ever watch to get the get the flavor of that be it's a wonderful life, which was a failure at first, but over the years it's it's a classic now, and none none can reproduce.
0: Yeah, is that your favorite Jimmy film?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I think so, and I, I think that it sort of <laughs> appeals to uh, older people, if you will, because I think there comes a point in one's life where you have to look back and say, you know. What impact have I had on, on people? And, and would I really be missed if I wasn't here? And I think that's the story about George Bailey, that uh, you
0: know,
1: he wasn't there, no one knew him, uh, and uh, then he went back to his normal life and he realized how important it was
0: Yeah, that
1: he do exist.
0: Well, I know that that movie meant a lot to Mr. Stewart, and I often wonder, how would he proceed in his career after that when you feel like you've just done the performance of your career or you've just been through the role of a lifetime I'm, I'm sure you know that was challenging well
1: he, yeah he just did through the, you know, through the, the, the movie wasn't a success at first and that had to be devastating because you know Frank Capra produced it directed it and that sort of thing and it should have been a, a money maker it wasn't and it appeared it was going downhill and that, at that time you know we were, it was a very bleak period during the war and that sort of thing and, and uh, for something to completely, to a 180, uh, to me, that's, that's just uh, amazing. And to me, that's something that was sort of meant to be. And uh, we've all been there. We've all had those dark days. We've all had those peaks and those valleys.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I,
1: that shows that. And, 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 and that, that movie can apply to anyone, anyone.
0: Carson, what has been your most gratifying experience with the museum? in the 22 years you've been there.
1: Okay. The most gratifying thing is to see how our iconic museum progressed from nothing, we had nothing, to what it is today. And that's an internationally known museum. And you come to our museum, you don't have to worry about having a uh, an age limitation. For example, you know it's not PG fourteen or rated R. And I'm so proud that we have a, a place where people can come and enjoy uh, all these wonderful exhibits we have. And sit there in that theater and watch film on Jimmy, and just sort of take a moment to get away from what's happening today, uh, and maybe going back to a little better time, and uh, which should be a, a basis to have better times ahead. And uh, so I think that I think that's why I presented so much. Because we had nothing, and now like I can say we are internationally known.
0: Yeah, you have uh, likely encountered a lot of people from around the world. Does anything stand out? I know that you know, Jimmy has a lot of fans in the U.K. because he was based there during the war. Uh, I'm, I'm certain you've met some people from England and from all over.
1: Right. Well, to, 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 to give an example of how they love Jimmy, when Jimmy passed away, I had to be president at that time also, uh, we received hundreds of emails, hundreds of sympathy emails. And even as you probably know, you've been to the museum, uh, the New York Times put a picture of Jimmy on their front page when he passed away. New York Times doesn't do that. They don't put people's pictures on the front page very often. And yeah. if you read the article, I mean, it was just a, he was a very special individual who touched a lot of people. And any time I travel, which I don't do a whole lot anymore, uh, people say, well, where are you from? I don't say I'm from near Pittsburgh, although I am. I say Indiana, Pennsylvania, then they'll say to me, is that Indiana? Where's mm-hmm. that? That's Jimmy Stewart's home. And then they perk up. Uh, I think our biggest challenge here at the museum and the future is, is having an educational process to make sure that, that we keep Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy's uh, film and other his military career alive. As you can imagine, a lot of the younger people have no idea who Jimmy Stewart is, unless we tell them. So I think the museum is positioned in such a way that it can be a great influence on making sure that, that the younger generation, especially, have an idea of who this man was. And uh, in my mind, you know, you can have all the exhibits in the world, but you have to educate the people, the public, on who this man is, what he's done, and uh, in his memory or his legacy or his values will last many, 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 many years.
0: Mr. Green, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Well, I hope I've enlightened you a little bit. I, I really appreciate you asking me to do this. I suppose that you might consider me an in-house uh, history. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad to share this because there's so many things that that we we know about the museum and that sort of thing that would be lost if we didn't do this. And I have to give you credit for coming up with the idea. And on behalf of the museum board directors the staff and all of our membership and Jimmy Stewart family, who, who are aware of this. We, we appreciate what you do for us, Tim.
0: And uh, it, it's just a wonderful life. Thank you to Carson Green, Jr., and thank you for listening. You won't want to miss the It's a Wonderful Life Festival in Indiana, Pennsylvania, now a six-week celebration beginning in November. Learn more at visitindianacountypa.org. And visit jimmy.org for the latest news on what's happening at the museum, including our weekly matinees inside our classic-style Hollywood projection room. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Your comments and likes help spread the word, so thank you very much. Bye for now.